right. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Every Day is a New Day show. My name is Kim O'Neill, and as always, I'm so happy to be here with you today. I have someone on the show today who's going to be talking about grief, finding new life after loss. And I'm really excited because this is something that I've been wanting to bring to the show, have someone speak on this for quite a while now. And I feel like it just, you know, it things always fall into place. These always, always flow into place just as they're meant to. And so I am looking forward to today's conversation and being able to share today's guest and her information with you. Before we get further into that, though, let's take a moment to shake off yesterday. Shake off yesterday, five minutes ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is that may be weighing on you, weighing on your mind, on your heart. Remember, you can shift your energy by simply setting an intention to say, you know what? I want to bring my awareness into the present moment. That's where you get to be in your greatest power. And it may take several moments of doing that. But notice, notice when you do that, the little subtle shifts that begin to take place supporting you in feeling lighter, supporting you in feeling freer, supporting you in feeling like you are in that new moment that is always available to you right here, right now. And take a deep breath in with that. <sighs> Wonderful. I hope you... I hope you joined me in doing that. Okay, we're going to now share a quote because I like to share quotes. And so today's quote to go along with today's topic is a Chinese proverb, technically. And it says, you cannot prevent the birds of sorrow from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from building nests in your hair. And when I read that, I thought, oh my goodness, how many times have we all allowed something to build a nest in our hair? And I like to say no shame about anything, right? But when we realize, wait a second, I can choose something different. I think I am ready to shift. I am ready to release and that whole process, right? Let's let's hear more about today's guest. I'm going to share uh, her background with you and then we will bring her up on screen and talk to her directly. So today's guest is Joan McDermott. Joan McDermott is a grief coach and the author of Clearing Space for Grace, Finding New Life After Loss. Joan, has also, Joan also has a background in psychotherapy, master addictions counseling, spiritual direction, teaching, and childcare work. And after having helped many traumatized and grieving clients and on the heels of her own recent multiple losses, Joan was able to find a way up and out of the emotional landslide and painful self-pity that began to own her. As she took responsibility for her healing, committed to living in gratitude and joy, she rediscovered herself and once again became a free agent. These days, her deepest desire is to share that process with others, sharing the process that helped her with others, with other grieving women who know they also need help and want to move forward. And I'm so grateful to have her here today. So with that, welcome to the show, Joan. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. I I'm grateful that we were able to connect and um, you can finally speak to this subject that I've been wanting to bring on here for so, so long. So this is just this excellent. Joan, I'd love first, I'm just going to go back to revisiting the Chinese proverb that I just shared. 
You cannot prevent the birds of sorrow from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from building nests in your hair. Do you have any thoughts about that quote? Yeah, I I think that that um, the birds of sorrow. <clears throat> you don't want them building a nest in your hair. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that. But um, you can prevent them. You, you can't prevent them from flying, but you can prevent them from building those nests. And the way that gets done is by owning what has taken place in your life and knowing that, as Tony Robbins always says, everything that happens to us is for us. It's not happening to us. It's really happening for us and discovering what that really means when you're in this tumultuous turbulence of, of dramatic and traumatic loss is yeah. what we're all about today. I, I completely agree with that quote too. The, um, if everything is happening for you, not to you. And I think what a lot of people can hear, because I know I have at times too, is, is when you hear that, especially if it's the first time, you might be thinking, excuse me, what? You know, I had this experience and it was a horrible, painful experience. And are you trying to tell me that, um, you know, I deserved this or I made it up or, you know, there could be all these types of, of other thoughts that enter in to that conversation. And, uh, what what would you like to add to to that? Yeah, I thank you so much for bringing that uh, that angle up. Yeah, you don't know that it's happening for you because everything is such a mess, a real hot mess, and it's only in the process of getting through that mess that we begin to understand, oh, you know, it, does, it doesn't feel good, but there's something about that. What, what is it I can do to, to get through all of the emotionality, all of the confusion? I'm standing here in shock and you're telling me it's happened for me? I would never say that to someone in grief off the top. But yeah, I, I was I was just giving um maybe a hindsight look at and I I think that I think that's exactly it is um yeah so we we I mean we definitely we definitely have jumped way ahead but 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 this is relevant and clearly showing up for a reason. So I agree. I think the you know it's happening for you not to you is very much a realization that can come when you're past all the hurdles and you are able to have that hindsight and look back now and go, Oh, I see, I see how I grew out of this situation or I see what I gained or I see how, because this happened that allowed this other thing to happen or whatever it might be. And, and so, so I guess let's go back a little bit then when a person is in that emotional space of their grief, I, I'm a, so I'm a big proponent of, you know, you have to feel your feelings. It's the, the, the phrase, the phrase it's happening for you, not to you 
in no way is supposed to imply that you're not supposed to feel your feelings and have your experience, but there can be a journey to it. It's so, so yeah, let's go back to that. Let's go back to the, the grief and the emotions aspect of it. Um, what is, you, go ahead. You just said a key word and the word is journey. We are always journeying in every twist and turn of our life is uh, there's loss, there's change. Any change is loss because you're adjusting to something different, something new. And the reason that it, it was very hard for me to even remember what I already knew from, you know, uh, I've lived for, I'm in my 80. I'm 86 now. They say I'm in my 87th year <laughs> and I'm starting something new. But um, but I've had over all those years, as you can imagine, and it's in, it's in the book. That's why I didn't know how I was going to get my point across. And I was writing this, this kind of autobiography and I checked with the editor and I said, how am I going to get to what I'm really wanting to talk about? She said, just keep writing, it will reveal itself. And that is so stunning to me how that happened and how quickly that book got written and edited and published. I'm, I'm still in awe of that. But to go back to the point about the journey, I'd been through many, many journeys and I had, I had the experience of what I had to re-experience in a very larger sense in the past uh, five years, just before COVID, everything crashed. Oh. I had a, a stroke and, and then I had a serious loss of money. I invested in a program that was taking out thousands instead of hundreds. I'm still in debt with that. Oh, wow. And, you know, I, I had... All my life, I've been going through things way from the beginning, which which is in the book about my life. It's part autobiography, but it's really about, in the end, when I finished, I said, I'm going back to set up a new a coaching program about grief, because what I discovered in my journey, my latest journey, was that I couldn't tolerate myself being in that place of bitterness, resentment, hating, hating myself most of all, which really, which really stuck me in a, in a very bad position. You can't live and hate yourself. You know, your most important thing is to be honoring of whatever you're going through. But when something's happening, that's off the boards. What's in your right. face is, how am I going to live? I don't have a place to live. I couldn't get into anywhere. I was on I was on waiting lists forever. In this place I'm living now, it was being built. And I went to a place I thought I was going to get into. And she said, no, that, that's taken. She said, but there's a place down the street. They're still in the building process. But there's no waiting list because it's brand new. And I came down to find the place. I found it. I found their paperwork. 
but they were just that day opening to the public to apply. And I got into where I'm living now. It's government funded. And when I walked in, in the in the in the in the mind frame I was in, I was already experiencing the trauma of all of it. I had to uh, I had to do something, and because I am who I am, I just kept trying this and trying that, which is a, a great gift to me. But when I put my key in the door here, I said, I'm walking into a prison. Little oh. did I know, little did I know that what I thought about all their rules and regulations was not part of the being in a prison. It was freedom. Oh, good. Everybody had to toe the line if they wanted to stay here and keep all the rules, but you had to sit down for an hour while they went through the rules. And then they give you the key for the door. And I walked in saying, my friend is saying to me, isn't it wonderful you have your old, own place now? Because I was living in people's homes and uh, she was the last one. And, uh, and I'm saying nothing because I'm putting the key in the door saying I'm walking into a prison. And it was, it was awful because I wasn't even here uh, maybe a week or so, and I fell. And I had broken oh. body parts, and I ended up into a rehab, in a rehab for a whole, almost a full month before I got back here. So I still had a home with boxes unopened and all of that. That's what I was going through. And on top of just the broken bones and the um, and the setting up of my home and having I had to have therapists come in too but but I couldn't move my my whole left side from the stroke then the fall was just out of order <laughs> you might say out of order and because I have so many beautiful friends they got me through but my insides. I was in that terrible place of grieving in a way that never hit me before. I mean, I've lost body parts before and I've lost, I had six miscarriages and I had this and that and my, my whole, the whole of my life I've been through like all people do, all the different kinds of uh, losses. But this, this took, took me to another place and I began to get sick of myself, <laughs> you know, because I'm a happy person. I'm a joyful person. I, I like to do things. I like to build things. I like to, I love people. And I'm walking around in this place, half walking, you know, and um, trying to put things together. And I said to myself one fine day, Joan, you've got to stop this, this self-pity this bitterness, this boohooing about everything that you've lost, it's not working for you. So I made a promise to myself, that's going to stop. I'm going to start being grateful for everything I have. Because I, I, I was stuck in what, everything I lost. And I began, I began that process and I made a commitment. And I said, not only am I gonna commit 
to being grateful, I'm adding another one. I'm going to do it with joy. I am choosing joy. And so, <laughs> so I began and uh, I kept that commitment by God's holy grace. Oh, talk about being embraced by grace. And I also added in, I'm going to make my home here something beautiful that people will want to come in. And when they come in, they'll feel good here. And so I did my little thing and I discovered I'm pretty clever at it. And people, when they came to see me, they said, oh, oh did you have a, a home decorator or something? <laughs> I don't think it's all that great myself, but but it's 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 humble and it's welcoming and so am I. But that mm. that was the beginning of the turn. And that's was the beginning of learning how to find a new life after loss. And what I discovered in the grieving process itself was that I what I discovered about me. I discovered more and more of my true authentic self because I had lost so much of me and my meanness and not my meanness, but my me. <laughs> my me dashness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was, it was so exciting because I was Aww. discovering I could do this and I could do that. And, and then when I went around and I wanted to get a, a, a note to know the people here and they were treating me like some kind of a queen from another land and I couldn't figure it out. What, what was it about me? They were practically bowing before me. I said, what is this? You know? <laughs> and then when the book got published and they, they decided here, a little group of people here, uh, that I should have a book signing here. So that was like my coming out party. And so the people that came to my little book signing, we had a, a thing going back and forth. I, I read a little piece of my book, the beginning, maybe in the first chapter or so. And then I opened it up for questions. And then we went back and forth. And uh, they got to know me. I got to know them. And my life is altogether different and this is not a prison it's a gift it's a gift to me and because I had no money the government was very good to me and uh, I have found such beauty and truth and goodness and I, I love people because that's what I see and that's what I my eyes were opened again I see everybody as beautiful and true and good and the, some of these people that live here, you know, they're broken. I mean, they're really broken. I mean, I, I was broken when I came. So I really identify with um, what they do to get through their brokenness. And all I do is just walk around and smile and hug people. Of course, I couldn't do that in COVID. But, you know, when, those, when the doors opened up a little more, I've been able to do that more. Joan, let me ask you, so thank you for sharing your story. That's definitely a true testament to um, so many things. Number one, you can start 
something new at any age. And I love that. Thank you for sharing your age and that you're a new author. And also that, you know, at after having already had all your other life experiences, you had this new transition, this challenging time that you moved through. And then the impact of the choices that you made. Okay. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm now choosing to be grateful. And you set intentions for, I want to look at it this way. I want to right? And, and the impact that that had on your life moving forward. And so, and so I want to ask you what, if we go back to the phrase that we started with about everything's happening for you, not to you, what would you say is the, how did all of that happen for you? It gave me a wonderful view of what was, what is. And, uh, you know, I, I also have a dream of what I'd like it to look like also. I never really dreamed into any futures because my life was a, a beautiful journey, the ins and outs and ups and downs. I always felt cared for. I always felt loved. I had no idea how much I, I had swung over to self-hatred. That's, that's such a deadly place. You know, I would like to blame everybody else rather than myself. But the truth of the matter was I had made choices. And this is one of the first things that I teach my people that I help my people to try to do right from the beginning is not to get lost in the circumstances, but to own what they're feeling, let themselves know what they know, what all of that meant to them, the pain of the loss, to really honor the pain of their loss, to, to not get lost in their storytelling, in the circumstances, but to really pay attention to what was going on with themselves. Like the first two modules in that program are about experiencing the pain. It, it's, um, there's a way to experience pain. And when you get lost in the circumstances and the blame and the shame, it's not a great game. It, it's uh, it's not built in for for change, for the better. You know what I hear. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, ask your question. Well, what what I hear. So I love that you talk about there's a way to experience pain because I think think that's a new concept for a lot of people. And what I hear when you say that is you're helping people reclaim their power. Yes. Be empowered. In right, because it's one thing to feel the pain, and it's another thing to—I forget how you just phrased it—but to honor the pain or whatever, however you phrased it. That's a whole different concept, and helps people be able to stand in their power again at a time when they're probably feeling feeling very disempowered. Yes, exactly, and I love that you brought up that word empowerment. In fact, I use that word. You know, after the first two modules, the next one is, what is there in this loss that I can cherish? Because the reason we feel so much pain is we've lost something that, that we loved somehow in some way, 
there are things in that place of the beforeness that were worth cherishing. So we begin to, to look at that. And then we begin to look at the things in the uh, other modules about ourselves. What is there that gave us the strength to even show up in that program, to want to get through the loss, to want to mm-hmm. get some of their real self back? And what, what are some of the characteristics that we own ourselves that give us the the ability just to keep moving forward into the process of loss. That's why I talk about the process itself is a gateway. The door begins to open where we look at our true selves, own our gifts, and build, create. We be become creative again, we become uh, someone with a view to where we'd like to be, and we begin to own the different ways that we can we can start working on that. So we, we begin with the pain, we, we get into the transitional place where the psychic change begins, because we're thinking differently now, now about what happened. And that's, that's what I'm sharing with you about what I meant about honoring the pain is honoring yourself. And from that comes the empowerment, just recognizing like, I'm, I've been willing to do that for these first two modules to, to be part of this. And here I am. And now I can even own what part did I play in the loss? That's a big one. That is the big one. In that I'm, I'm owning the fullness of myself. I'm not just owning all the good stuff about me. I'm also owning what part did I play? And I played, I played a part in each, everything that I was bemoaning and crying about. I played a part. That's a hard, yeah. that's a hard thing to look at. But it's an empowering I, thing to look at because when I own it, I can move with it in a different way. I agree. I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to own. It's a really easy space for the ego to get into the way. And if we were to take out, like if we were to just think about this outside of, you know, being in the midst of a grief experience and we think about, well, well, of course it makes sense to own my experiences because they're my experiences. It's my life. Of course, I play some sort of role in the experience itself. But when you're in the midst of feeling victimized and, you know, for whatever reason, whatever took place, it's, yeah, it almost sounds, it it almost, it it stings. It stings to think what I played a role. I've, I have something to do here. Right. And, um, but that's, that's beautiful to see that that's part of your process. Um, because that really is the key. Like you said, I think you used the word gateway earlier, the gateway to helping people, you know, reclaim that new life, create that new life for themselves after a loss. And I think the other thing I want to add to that is that after a person, you know, I'm thinking of my own experiences too. After we can 
cross that threshold of going from I'm feeling so hurt and victimized and now I'm choosing to take responsibility or just own my experience, the part, the role that I played in it. Once we cross that threshold, it's, it's not like, it's not like other people are, are looking at you saying, Oh my gosh, you played a role in that. You're, you did something wrong. You did something bad. It's right. None of, none of that exists. It's simply for our own awareness to make that transition. I don't, that's, that's what's coming up for me. What, what comes up for you is I just kind of talk about. Yeah. I, I love the way you put that because you know, even even looking at every day is a new day. I saw that I connected with that because of this very thing we're talking about. You know, I I am really passionate to get that whole program out there for people who want it are ready for it. I th I don't think anybody who just had a loss and and there's, you know, this is for people that have the, a gift of honesty. Can I be honest with what went down here? Not right at the beginning. We're just so enmeshed in the hot mess of it all. And, um, you know, I know because I, I've been through that. I had never been you know, it was easier when I had cancer and I lost both breasts. I lost my hair. I lost, I lost body parts. I mean, I lost time. I've lost everything, but it was a walk in the park compared to owning what I am losing inside. Ooh. It's a very difficult journey to be honest and, um, you know, but that's such a key in all of it. But if I'm going to stay stuck in and lost in the events, the situations, the what happened, I will never be able to get through the resolution of grieving. I, I will make that my life's endeavor crying the blues about everything and everyone. And, you know, it doesn't matter what it is we've lost. There comes a point where, because the way we're made, you know, we are creatures of, we come from love. And there's a call in our heart to love and to be loved. Everybody has that, that gift, that desire, somewhere deep in their hearts and souls. And we go about trying to get all of this in all the craziest ways. But until we come down to that place, that's why I call it a gift, you know, the gift of, the gift of grace. I feel embraced by God's love and grace. But I always have, as a child, I did too. I loved people. I looked at my mother when she was beating up on one of my brothers and sisters, knowing I, that's not that's not my mother. That's what's wrong with her is not who my mother is, because my mother and I, I was the baby girl of 14 kids. I had yeah. 10 brothers and three sisters, and I'm the fourth girl. 
I had one baby brother after me, and he thought he was my big brother anyway, and he tried to rule the roost. But <laughs> <laughs> but I I had I had that gift of love from the beginning. I knew how much my father loved me. He would take me by the shoulders and tell me how well I sang that song or whatever, something like that. And I felt his love. My mother had been severely abused by her drunken father, so she had a harder time of it. But um, with me, she used to say, why do I tell you all these things? I never talk about this to anybody. I said, I don't know, Ma, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so that goes right back to you, your retired psychotherapist. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense. So you started as a young age being that listener, that sounding board for people going through things and you made it your career. And now here you are a grief coach. And I just want to sort of tie everything together for everyone. So you've been talking about this grief, grief program that you have that's called Finding New Life After Loss. And I just want to, I want to put the link back up on screen for anybody who'd like to take a look at that and you'd like to join her program. I know it's a long link, so go ahead and take a screenshot of it. Um, and I'm going to also pop up on screen um, your LinkedIn link in case anybody would find it easier to go there. You can go to LinkedIn and find Joan. She is Joan McDermott, Transitional Coach. And that LinkedIn link is up on the screen, Joan McDermott, Transitional Coach. And I'm going to go ahead and spell her name for all of our podcast listeners. Joan is J-O-A-N. McDermott is M as in Mary. C, D as in David. E-R, M as in Mary, O-T-T. M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T, -T, Joan McDermott, Transitional Coach. So you can find her on LinkedIn under that name. And then, of course, she also has a link to her grief coach program, which is through a masterminds program that she's also doing. And Joan, the, I want to share your book in a moment, but something I definitely want to say before I forget is what is showing up for me as you're, you're talking about just sharing your own story and, and what other people claim as, you know, regain as they go through your coaching program is that new life, what I'm hearing is it's, it's a new them. It's, it's, it's rediscovering who they are and, and being able to creating a new life. Yeah. They, they end up create being creative and, and how they're moving forward. Yeah. They have that gift of creation. And that's such, that's such a gift. It's, it's, you know, cause anybody who's thinking like, uh, you know, I'm going through so much grief and I don't want my old life back. I don't want my old self back. Joan's saying she helps you create a new you and your new life, you know, from this, this moment in time, I, I, that's very empowering again. So I, let's, I want to show everyone your book. You wrote just last year, you wrote clearing space for grace, finding new life after loss. And where can people get a copy of this book? Amazon. It's okay. Amazon. Yeah. Wonderful. Just, okay. So, yeah. And, and this is, this is, um, you mentioned it's part autobiography, but then it, it's goes beyond that. It sounds like. Yes. Yes. Okay. I started, I started out just trying to write a book about, but I couldn't do it. And I kept writing about my life circumstances and they, they told me just keep writing and it will show. And it did, it showed up in the end. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. so I'm, I'm a grief coach now. And it had transitional coach. I call myself a grief coach now because I, I, um, that's my specialty at this stage of my life. Does grief look the same for everyone? Does it show up in people the same? No, not really. It shows, it sh it's a very individualized thing. The one, the one thing that's the same about it is the loss itself. There's a loss somewhere. We have lost either body parts, we've lost homes, we've lost money, we've lost our pets, we've lost people, loved ones, lives, you know, yeah. marriages, whatever. It's 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 very individualized, and so are the people because everybody's different. The one thing we're all the same about is we all are loved and long to be loved. You know, we're loved by our creator who made us in his image and likeness, which means we're creative too. We have different ways about each of us. So what I would do with it was, would probably be very different than what you would do with it. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is there is a loss, but every loss is a change and every change deserves a uh, a different way of being. Stop with that, right? Being, you, you okay. become different with each change in your life. And it depends on who you're listening to, where you've learned about things, all that. And you can change what your past too. If you've been brought up in a certain way and it's been very harmful to you, there's an element of change that you can make once you get out from under the victimization. You know, I had a grandmother who had a very abusive husband abusing her and the children. She lived in Canada and um, and uh, she was squirreling away money until the kids were old enough to travel and took them all to the states that was my my mother's mother yeah so she came my mother came from that abusive father who was the husband of my grand and my grandmother ended up living with us in the end and dying in our home such a history. So Joan, how does a person know when it's time to move forward? I believe it's something inside of them that says, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. In other words, like me, I don't want to be in the self-pity anymore. It's deadly. There is something in them that moves them to want to get through this, even though they don't know how, because they're still hurting so badly. Yeah. And my arms and my compassionate heart are very open to that and people. I want to ask why, <laughs> this is just a question that, that I want to ask. So I'm going to ask it. Um, you're, I'm going to show your book again. So your book is Clearing Space for Grace. And I want to ask why grace? Why is that relevant to the, the topic of grief? 
so many things I've tried to do on my own, and I know that I need a power that's a lot greater than me to help me. Because if I keep failing at something, you know, and, and that goes along with my history, because very early I learned about that, very early, at my mother and father's knee. They were beautiful, faith-filled people. But I, I think everybody has that push inside of them. And we're all trying to make ourselves better somehow, some, and we get stuck in these places. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, I love the way you tied that in. So it, it's really about um, not trying to do this alone and, and seek out assistance and guidance. And there are many forms that can come in, but um, I, yeah. The, and that's on this show, spirituality um, shows up in various ways because that is so such a common aspect of people's moving forward experience, overcoming adversity, right? Creating that new day for themselves. It, it's pretty much always there. So I, I thank you for tying that in. Yeah, we have a spirit inside of us that is, uh, that fills us with something that it's, it's ours, but it comes from a, a source. You know, it's like the, the energy, the source of love the, yeah. I do a breathing exercise where I breathe in love's energy and I hold it inside and then I breathe it out into the world and let it go where it will. That's one of my breathing exercises. I love that. I, 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 do, I do stuff like that too. And it's, it's amazing how something that sounds so subtle and if if you if if you with us listening watching today are thinking what that sounds so hokey try it try it that it it's the subtle subtle little things that you think you know may not make a difference that actually can make a huge difference and um i love that you shared that and i'm sure you have many, many more of those types of things for your clients. Uh, we're nearing the end of our conversation today. Um, I do want to ask you, I know, so clearly you work with people who are grieving. Um, is, are there any other um, specific types of people that you tend to work with or, or people you want to make oh. sure? Oh, yes. No. I forgot to put that. I narrowed my niche down to uh, women 50 plus. Okay. So women 50 plus who are grieving, uh, Joan is here to assist you and support you. I'm going to put that link up on the screen one more time. Um, I'm going to put both your links. So here's her LinkedIn link. You can connect with her on LinkedIn. And then here is the direct link to her program, her grief coaching program. And how long is your program? It's 10 modules. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So 10 is 10 modules. Is that like what meeting with you one-on-one -on -one, or is that, um, it, do they oh, go at their own pace? For asking that. Um, well, the, I had the 10 modules and at first it was going out as just people do it themselves. I, there were videos with it and everything. There are videos with it. But I said to, to the people that were coaching me, I, I don't work that way. I need to be with my people. So I added in, besides the 10 modules, and I have it all organized. After two, every, after every two modules, 
I have a person to person, one on one. I love that. So I have five one on ones, but 10 modules all told. It gives them time to work through some stuff. And then, then we get together and they can explode whatever they have to. I, I, that, that's great, Joan. I love that you did that because, um, that's, that's both allowing the person to feel like they're not on this journey alone. They have your support in, in person, face to face to face, you know, but also they get to have the building of their own empowerment as they go through the modules and process the information on their own at their own pace. I mean, I, I think it, it makes sense that both of them would work work together. So that's, I'd love that you do that. That's great. Yeah. I don't think I could do it any other way. I'm very personal and personable. Yeah. I, I love that Joan. What is, what's the biggest takeaway you want to leave people with from today's conversation? Take away that they're good, they're true, and they're beautiful underneath everything. And to rediscover that, if they're struggling through loss, just give me a call. You know, when <clears throat> when they tap into the um, mastermind, they will find a place they can get me online. We can set up a phone call. You know, we can talk first before they say yes to it, to the program itself. And I say my niche is 50 plus, but if there's someone out there that's younger than that, I'm more than welcome. I would more than welcome them. But to start with, they said, just have a, a narrow niche. niche. I know it. I, I, I hear you. If so, if someone were say younger than 50, um, would you be open to working with them too? I would, I would have, I would have a talk with them first and see if, if I would be good for them or they would be okay in this thing. I, I would give, right. put out a few questions, you know, Okay. and they, okay, can, excellent. they can ask their questions too. And so, I, yeah, I just, for anybody who goes to the masterminds link that we put up on the screen for her, her coaching program, if you scroll down, you find her, uh, you find Joan's email on their new life after loss at gmail.com. And then you can also see all the modules that are in the program there as well. So that's very helpful. So Joan, thank you so much for being here today and speaking on this subject and sharing your own experiences uh, that, you know, other people can relate to as well. Thank you for all that. Thank you. I so okay. this. Wow. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad I was able to have you on here as well. Well, Joan, I'm gonna go ahead and just put you back down into the lobby for a few moments and then I'll I'll see you there after the show while I close after I close out. Okay. We'll do our virtual hugs. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Here we go. Ah. <sighs> What are you taking away from today's conversation about grief, about transition, about creating your new self after grief, about oh, seeing the role you played in experiences, about 
coming back to a new re-empowered space for yourself and knowing that you can do any, all of that at any time in your life, at any time in your life. Um, I love, I'm just going to bring it back. I love that Joan shared she's 86 and how she just went through some new transitions and was able to make those shifts for herself. And I would just, I just want to say everything is possible. That's, that's also what the every day is a new day show is about. Everything is possible. That which we think is impossible becomes possible when we choose to say, I'm tired of this. I want something different. I deserve something different. That also showed shown through in Joan's story of how she started to talk about, you know, she didn't, she didn't like who she was becoming and she chose to make some new decisions. And there you go. That's the open space. And so often we can't see those new possibilities until we make that new decision, right? But when we can identify, I don't like what I'm feeling. I don't like what, where things are right now. That can help us, you know, that can be the catalyst to getting us to that new space. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling, but I just wanted to share those final thoughts. Let us know what you're taking away from today's conversation. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please do give it a, a like, a heart, a, you know, share it out, leave us a comment, all of that. It's so good to connect with you. Remember that wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. Every day, every moment is a new moment, a new day. And it's a gift that you give yourself that subsequently you also get to give to the world. Have an amazing day, everybody. I'll see you all again very, very soon.